Welcome to Season 1 of The Happiness Show, your valued resource on how to live successfully on the love path. Here's your love path mentor, Julia Thornborough. The Power of Making Decisions How to Stop Hesitating and Start Living Hi, this is Julia Thornbrough, your host. Welcome to The Happiness Show, where I will show you how you can live an extraordinary life on the love path and leave the fear path behind. This show will give you time-saving tips on how you can do just that. If you like what you hear and feel you have learned something, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Share the episode with one other person. It's the best way to help the show and help me reach more people. The Power of Making Decisions How to Stop Hesitating and Start Living By the end of this episode, you will know why it is important to be decisive and have the tools to do just that. For the record, decisive puts you on the love path because you are taking action. Being hesitant, on the other hand, puts you on the fear path because you're taking no action. So let's get started and see what's different about being hesitant versus being decisive. Now, to do this, I am going to bring up an experience from my past where you will be able to see the impact of what happens about being decisive versus hesitant. And to do that, I'm going to take you back to when Joe, my former husband, and I were working with Janet, our therapist, in the hope of trying to repair our troubled marriage. In one of my one-on-one -on -one sessions with Janet, she mentioned the idea that life always gives us lessons. I said, Janet, I love that concept. Back in high school, when I was in world history, my teacher introduced the idea and concept of world religions. And that was my first time to hear anything about Hinduism, Buddhism, or this concept of reincarnation. And when I heard that, I said to myself, that makes sense. How can we ever be expected to get our lessons in one lifetime? So Janet, I'm with you about life giving us lessons. Yeah, I'm with you totally. Janet then asked, Julia, do you want to go there? Uh -huh. What do you mean, go there? Do you want to see what you were 
in your past lives. Whoa, you mean you can do that? How do you do that? I don't understand. I will use a technique called hypnosis. And when I use hypnosis, I will get you to a very calm and relaxed state. You will be in the twilight zone. You won't be conscious. You won't be unconscious. You will be in what's called the alpha zone. It's from that zone, that sphere, when I ask you questions, that you will be pulling lifetimes up from your subconscious. When Janet said that, I had to sit back and reflect because my whole concept of therapy was peeling away the onion layers. You know, you've heard that. But Janet was now bringing a whole new wrinkle into therapy, going into my past lives. Well, Janet, before I can say yes to this, I have to ask some questions first. Has anyone in the regressions that you've done ever regretted doing a past lifetime? And Janet said, no. Actually, Julia, what it's going to do, it's going to give you an aerial view of your lifetime so that you are going to gain perspectives on your life that would never have surfaced. So no, no one has ever regretted going into their past lives. As you know, Janet, I really want to get at the root of why Joe and I are so angry. Will we get at the root of our anger? Because our marriage didn't start out this way. And that's really important for me to really get a handle on why and how our anger started. Janet answered, yes, that will happen. Okay, now this next question, Janet, could be a deal breaker. Because since discovering reincarnation back in high school, I've since learned that in Hinduism or Buddhism, there are different sects similar to what we have in Christianity, you know, like being a Methodist or Lutheran or a Protestant or whatever. In some sects, when they do regressions, they could become an animal. Janet, there is no way, no frigging way I want to become an animal. I don't want to become an elephant. I don't want to become a bear. So can you assure me at a 100% level that I am always going to come back human? Janet answered that yes. Unequivocally, every time I would surface in the regression or go back in that lifetime, I would always come back human. Always. When she gave me that answer, I said, okay, well then let's do it. Now that was my answer in real time. 
If, on the other hand, my hesitant side had kicked in, I would have had all kinds of what-if scenarios going around in my head. For example, what if I don't like what showed up in a past lifetime? What if I did something horrible? I could have nightmares. What if I experience trauma of some kind? How could that impact my life today? And then what if I can't even be hypnotized? It's a wash. Then I would be wasting money because insurance isn't paying for any of this. The hesitant side of me would have said, Janet, I think I'm going to have to pass. This business of going into my past lives, it's too risky. It's the unknown. I just can't go there. I mean, I, will, I do definitely want to thank you for the opportunity, but Janet, I'm going to have to pass. If my hesitation would have ruled the day, and if I had decided not to do the regressions, of which I did 20, I think, or maybe it was 22 that I did, this is what I would have missed discovering. It turns out this is the seventh lifetime Joe and I have been together, but first time as husband and wife. And for me, it was sort of like God was saying, Julia, you guys can keep your egos in place. I honestly don't care. But I will keep bringing you back until you get it. You are here to love. And if that is not in place then you had better find a way to forgive. And that further cemented the notion whenever they ask, well, why are we here? What's the purpose of living? Bottom line, we're here to love. It's as simple as that. Doesn't have to get complicated. We're simply here to love. Emotions. I discovered travel through lifetimes. So if an event over here in this lifetime used the same verbiage, the same actions in this lifetime, anger, panic, anxiety immediately kicked in. I mean, immediately. That was shocking to me. In this lifetime, pain in my right shoulder started in my early 20s for no reason. I went to my internist and I said, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I'm having a real hard time laying on my left side when I go to bed. And of course, he asked all the appropriate questions. Well, were you playing tennis? Did you lift something heavy? And of course, every question he asked I responded, no, none of that is true. 
And he gave me some medication to help relieve the pain. But what I discovered in a past lifetime, I had been enslaved and I was hauling boulders on my left shoulder. And I'll never forget, in that regression, I kept saying, the pain, the pain. And when I came out of the regression, Janet chuckled and she said, Julia, let me tell you, you, oh my goodness, you were in some monstrous pain. Oh my goodness. I mean, I felt the pain. And let me ask you, when you go to bed at night today, do you feel pain in your right shoulder? I said, yes, absolutely. Well, then you know what? Let's say a prayer and release it. That is exactly what we did. And that night, I was able to lay on my right side with no pain. And from then until now, I can still lay on my right side with no pain. The other cool thing that I learned is that my kids, my mom, my dad, my stepmom, and of course Joe, we were all together in different lifetimes. Not all at the same time, mind you, but we were together in past lifetimes. I thought, cool beans on that. That was kind of exciting to learn. And then I discovered that expressions that were set in this lifetime, like, stop giving me a lecture. Well, the origin of that statement originated in the very first time Joe and I met. I was an Egyptian coming into a Japanese village. This was 1000 BC. My mother was Joe's wife in that lifetime. And he was pushing and shoving her. And I said, you know, that's really not how you treat women. To this day, until I did that regression, I would never have discovered that its origin was in a past lifetime. Doing the regressions reinforced that my gut feeling back in high school was spot on. We do have past lives and we can learn from our past lives. I also would have missed the experience of a lifetime. Let me tell you, I was so amazed and astounded by what I discovered that I actually wrote a book about it. Past life DNA, an incredible journey from anger to forgiveness. Now I'm mentioning the book, not that you have to buy it, but if you do, if you would like to see what I learned and discovered, you can get it on Amazon. And I would like to say that I am eternally grateful that I said yes to regressive therapy. This wasn't all we did. It was just simply added to my therapy because I discovered qualities about myself that I never would have picked up on. 
So I am very grateful that I took up the gauntlet and did regressive therapy. Having said that, though, I don't want you to think that regressive therapy is the way to go or that you should even do this. I simply brought this example, this experience, into my episode today because I wanted you to see what the what-if scenario looks like and how that can play into a decision versus being decisive. That being said, let's now take a look at you and how you can become more decisive and confident in making decisions. The first thing that I want you to really take hold of is the fact that you are going to be making decisions your entire life. So don't think for one minute you're going to be able to escape that. You're not. And when I think of the kinds of decisions that we make, I put them into what I call small, medium, or large packages. And it's based on the complexity of the decisions we're making in those packages, respectively. So in a small package, this is where you're making decisions about what you're going to eat for breakfast, what you're going to wear that day, maybe the night before, what time do I want to set the alarm clock, for the weekend, maybe what movie are you going to go to, but they're relatively simple decisions. Now at the medium package level, it becomes a little more complicated because more steps are involved before you can actually make a decision. And this is where it could be decisions like, you wanna buy a house, your car is on its last leg, you need to buy a new one. You are needing a new computer because you are, want to be, you are going to be expanding what you want to do on the computer. Maybe something at work has happened and now the project has been pushed so you have to make decisions faster now to get it done. At the large package level, this is where you have demonstrated your prowess in being able to make decisions quickly decisively, and that the end result has always been a good one. Here, you could be called upon to become a CEO of a failing company. You could be asked to merge two companies. You could be asked to put together a national campaign for a product. Those are some decisions that happen at the big league level, okay? Now that you have those examples in each of those categories, I want you now, we're going to move them over and we're going to see what steps, what actions you need to take so that in each of those categories, you become more decisive. If you've listened to any of my previous episodes, you know the one thing I hammer with all the time is partnering up. 
I want to encourage you when it comes time to making a decision to partner up. At the small decision level, you could probably get by without partnering up. But what I want you to do is to see how quickly you can start making your decisions, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what movie you are going to go to. And don't treat this as a one-off scenario where you do it for one day. Keep doing it. Because what this quick decision-making does for you, it builds your confidence. And that's what you want to do so that you can become more decisive. When we move into the medium package level, this is where partnering up becomes a lot more serious. And I really want you to partner up. Here, because there are so many components to buying a house, buying a car, a computer, or projects that need to be completed in a faster sequence, here I want you to partner up with this kind of prayer. Okay, God, as you know, I really would like to buy a house. So I want you to guide me to the one thing I need to do first to move that along. If it's a project that you have to move along, do the same thing. What is the one thing I need to do first? And the reason why I want you to do this, because when you are having to make decisions, because there are different components, you could become scattered and not focused. So by partnering up on the one thing first, it's going to build your confidence because when that is done, then you move to the next one thing and so on. If it comes to pass that you need to pull up what I call the old Ben Franklin rule, put a line down the paper, pro, con, do that, do that. And now in moving up the ladder to the big leagues, the big decision making, don't for one minute rest on your laurels and say to yourself, I don't need to partner up. Look, I have done this before, I'm good. That's why I'm being asked to do mergers. That's why I'm being asked to become a CEO of a failing company. To that I say, why put the entire burden on you? When you allow yourself to partner up, God could be giving you better verbiage on how to present the idea of whatever it is you're wanting to do. God could be giving you new angles from which to solve the situation or to be creative. God is your friend, so I encourage you to partner up. So let's sort of do a recap on how to become more decisive. First, I want you to stop all of the what-if scenarios. Don't expand it. Don't make it bigger. Because what you will be doing is putting your feet in cement. You will become paralyzed and will not be able to move forward. 
take action. Take action. Because by taking action, you are in the process of moving your life forward, building your confidence level. You are allowing yourself to become a student of the craft. And this will help you put yourself on the love path decision. I will expand on that in just a moment. But don't try to hold off in making a decision until you have everything that's perfect. It has to be perfect. Remember, you're not perfect. Life isn't perfect. So why should a decision be perfect? And nine times out of ten, if there is a hiccup, it can be remedied pretty quickly. I also want to encourage you to see it as a challenge rather than a problem. Seeing it as a problem could put you in a perilous, anxious mode because your mind is going scattered. Now what am I going to do? Which direction do I go? Whereas if you see it as a challenge, you are going to have more of a can-do attitude, a solution attitude. So see it as a challenge, never a problem. And stop relying only on your ego. Partner up at every turn. Now here is why being decisive puts you automatically onto the love path. Well, first and foremost, you're taking action. And by taking action, you are building your confidence. Your can-do attitude shows. You are becoming more of a student of the craft. As you raise your hand and volunteer to take on more assignments, these are the skills you are going to be developing. Analytical skills, communication skills, learning how to delegate. Don't put it all on your shoulders, but delegate. You're going to be able to build a trust community. You're going to learn team building skills. Now, all of those skills don't happen overnight, but those skills do happen when you are able to take action, when you're able to raise your hand and be decisive. And your can-do attitude shows you're a leader. People want to be around people who are decisive. People who take action. If you're hesitant, you're reticent in decisions, you're going to be passed over. You definitely don't want that to be happen. You want to be on the winning side, on the love pass side. So I encourage you in everything that you do to be decisive. Build on that. Build on your ability to make 
decisions. So as you are weighing over the concepts that I shared, I want you to know this. You are awesome. You are the best. And no one, and I do mean no one, comes any finer than you. And that's the truth. If you feel you have learned something in this episode, hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss a single episode. Or write a review. Share the episode with one other person. It's the best way to help the show and help me reach more people. God bless.